So we're hitting a lot, <clears throat> hitting a lot of different. Rodney, am I on? Okay. So wanted to, Jim wanted to, I didn't know what Jim was going to say other than he was going to cast some vision for the prophetic guide. And there's p- different personalities here. There's people who say, this has been given to me. I must do everything on there. And so you do it. Other people are going to do what I want. So, we, you know, depending on the wind that blows in your life, you know, work with us. And we, we want to move together as a people in line with what God is, is, is leading us. Um, now, I want to, to, I call it training, but I want to, I want to really, it's more vision, um, a time to cast some vision for you as a group leader. This last week I was at, in, in D.C., at, uh, it was called a policy academy, but there were, the, the Veterans Administration was doing a, a pilot with seven states, we're one of the states, trying to decrease suicide among service members, veterans, and families. And um, many things were of great interest to me. There was, there was plenary sessions where they had the, the national experts on these topics, different topics. And then we broke up into our state groups, trying to come up with practical plans for our states, and every state has different demographics. They're further along in the process, so they didn't do a cookie-cutter approach. It was really every state takes all the stuff that's out there, and there's a lot. There's, there's around 35,000 programs for veterans out there. And so how do you even make sense of that? And so how do we come up with a strategy that works for our state? And it was interesting to me because I care about the, the veterans and the topic very much, but I want to discuss some things that directly apply to our work as group leaders, because as I'm taking notes at these military things, on the, on, I'm writing notes on the side, I'm putting military and I'm putting church, because <laughs> uh, sometimes it's military and church. So I had, I had things as I got through, I, I'd written church in the left column, because I thought, man, this really would fit in with what our, our groups. And so here's, I'll give you three things. I'll tell you two right now, then one in a minute. First, a good strategy must be comprehensive in nature. If it's going to be a good strategy, it has to be comprehensive. And then to be effective, the actions in that strategy must be ongoing. They have to be sustainable, keep doing. And the third one I'll tell you in a minute. So our mission is know God and make God's love known. And our comprehensive strategy for that includes worship on Sunday mornings, teaching, singing, praying, um, baptism, Lord's Supper, interacting, Events like fun stuff, outreach stuff, training events, marriage, parenting, and so forth. Uh, life stage ministry, commons, youth group, super church, um, challenge, a service to community and one another, uh, Easter sun run, packing boxes, or whatever we do. Ad hoc friendships where you hang out, get to know people. Discipleship, real intentional development among people. This morning, how many know Linda? She's in a wheelchair, comes from an uh, uh, African-American lady, comes every Sunday. Uh, her husband Moses came every week for a decade. She was hostile to the gospel. He died. She came to the funeral. God touched her. She came to Christ after he died. And now she is, her heart is warm towards God. And, and this morning she said, can you find somebody to go one-on-one with me? I said, disciple you? She said, yes. My heart is warm towards God. I want someone to disciple me. So be a real intentional development, and that, and that goes on. That happens. And then groups are at the core. Rodney just talked about meetings, mission, and member care. That's a comprehensive strategy f- for accomplishing our goal. All that. None of it's random. And we try not to duplicate things by doing something the same way in a different meeting. 
Though the implications are no one of those things does everything, but all the things together do. And, and so people who show up and engage all of that will experience the full impact of church life. And so if people complain to you that no one part of it does everything, they need to be helped to understand this is not a problem, this is simply reality. And help them understand that those who participate in the full life of the church, they grow. They grow. I mean, I've seen it for 29 years. Those who don't participate don't grow. But there's no fault in your group that it doesn't do everything. Your group is part of a comprehensive strategy. So when people say, your group should do this, say, no, this is what my group does. Missions, member care, and meetings. And we're part of a comprehensive strategy. And then, second, these actions need to be ongoing. What that means for you as a group leader is stay focused. Don't chase shiny objects. New ideas, new cool books, new cool focuses. Someone comes in and says, this is what's cool in the Christian subculture. We need to be doing it. Say, cool, it won't be cool in a year. I'm glad. And I could, I, could, I could tell you I won't do this because then I'll sound like that's the old man talking for the, all the challenge students. Yeah, that's the old man saying. But I can tell you there's nothing new under the sun. I'm not Solomon, but I agree with him. There's nothing new. And, I, and you could show me something that's new and cool right now, and I could, I could show you where it's been in the last 40 years. There's just nothing new. Love God, love people, member care, missions, and meetings. So don't chase shiny objects. What you're doing really is the key. And then stay passionate. Don't get bored. You say, well, how do I not get bored? I'll, I'll tell you what I used to tell my kids. We're, they'd say, I'm bored. And I'd say, bored is a lazy mind. Do you want some help with that? And they go, no, I'm not bored anymore. They'd go figure out something to do. And, and I understand getting bored. I'm not, I don't mean to talk to you like your children, but we can't be weary in doing well. We need to rouse ourselves. Because all around us, people leave spouses, they leave churches, they do all kind of crazy things because they're bored. And instead of, instead of choosing to reignite their passion for what is good, they go chase dumb things because they're bored. We just can't fall into that. We're just going to keep doing this. Say, you've been doing that for 29 years. Yeah, we're going to keep doing it. We're going to love God, love people. Be proactive, don't become reactive, which is hard if you're a leader because good news travels slow, bad news travels fast. And so you guys get complaining and griping. Um, but remember, you answer to God first, then you answer to leadership here as a group leader. You don't answer to gripey people. You love them, but you don't answer to them. Gripey people can be hard on you, but you can't live your life or do ministry in order to make sure nobody is unhappy with you. Nobody likes to be disliked, but you cannot live your life um, trying not to make people unhappy. So how do we do this? Well, we, we do this by staying focused and enduring. I mean, how do we um, stay focused and endure? How do we keep this holistic ministry, and then how do we endure? Well, for me, it comes down to, and I think it's true for all of us, we have to keep doing this good, hard work, internal work, of not making life about us. And that's hard work. But you have to keep doing it. And not making life about God and His glory and the good of others. And so how do you do that good hard work of not making life about you? Because if you don't do the hard work of not doing that, you will subtly start making life about yourself. It happens all around us because people aren't intentional. And this is not, there's no news value in this. It's like, I'm going to tell you, the sky is blue here. Walk with God. 
Reflect often and deeply on what's true about the world and God and you. What matters most at the end matters most now. You need to think about that all the time. And then repent when you make life about you, either in some overt way, a sinful action or thought, or some covert way, you kind of subtly become self-serving and petty and you recognize it, then repent. Repent often. And, and, and we all play, can play mind games with ourselves and, and sort of get pouty and think, well, this isn't sin. I have good reason to be pouty. And then you finally come to your senses. No, you don't. And you repent. So keep repenting. Keep repenting. If you do that, it will empower your leadership. Because when you, when you do those things, when we do that, we, we're now able to, to love people and not impress them, to love people and not please them, to love people and not live trying not to make someone mad. And those are different things. If we do this, it'll enlarge our joy. We'll, we'll live more and more in the sweet spot of God's will and his ways for our lives. We will experience his joy more frequently. If we do this, we'll keep focused on a comprehensive, ongoing strategy. We'll stay the course. Now, so I said there was one more thing, a comprehensive, comprehensive strategy and a need to be ongoing actions. And then one more thing that stood out to me in that conference is that we have a ministry of hope. And um, get sappy. Um, so I heard a lot of stories last week. It was uh, three days of suicide intervention and stories. So we have this ministry as an anchor for our souls, firm and secure. And so here's the, here's the takeaway. Suicide is not my point. It's, an, it's, it's, it's my example here. But suicide is always a symptom of despair. It's a loss of hope. And so to say suicide prevention, Greg, is kind of like saying fever prevention. <laughs> you know, medical professionals, they want to prevent disease, not symptoms. You don't chase symptoms. You want to get to root causes. Fever is a symptom. So no doctor tries to prevent fever. And I understand what we mean by suicide prevention, but suicide is a permanent and irreversible symptom. It's a symptom of despair, loss of hope. There are many things that can get a person to that point of despair. The most common are finance, relationship problems, drug, alcohol abuse, chronic pain, chronic depression, and those kind of things. And the whole matrix of suicide is very complex, but the end it is about despair or no hope. Many things can get a person to that place, but when a person is at the place of killing themselves, they're at a place of despair. And again, I'm not saying group life is about suicide prevention. It very well can be. But we are, in, we are in the despair prevention work, or to state it in a positive, we're in the hope-building business. You are. And you can go to your group and you can just think, I'm just sitting in a living room or a McDonald's. How is this cosmic an impact? It's cosmic an impact. So the gospel is, is despair prevention. It's hope-building and group life is uniquely designed to build resiliency at all levels. And if you look at the models for human resiliency, they look like your small group. I'm telling you. All the things the experts say are vital for hope and meaning are right there in your small group. Risa, is that right? She did, she's in this business, been in it for a long time. In the coffee and the content, coffee, God's people getting together, relationships. Number one predictor of resiliency is connection with people. Number one, you don't, have to, you don't have to know a thing about all the psychiatry and psychology. 
If someone's suicidal, I've got to call an expert. No, you don't. Just be there with them and be connected with them. And you've got the number one thing you could do. And the experts don't always know. About five years ago, I was at a hospital visiting a service member who had attempted suicide. And the psychiatrist, who was a young psychiatrist, he's a psychiatrist, he came, out, he, he came out after I met with him and he said, you think he's a danger, so I let him check him, so I let him go? And this is the, this is the, 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 the psychiatrist. And I said, he, he'll be all right. But he, he didn't have years of experience of just working with people. So I'm saying that to not be intimidated by experts. You have lots of skill already at just working with people and knowing how to help people. Coffee and content, God's people working together. The content, God's spirit and God's word empowering good thinking and good living. There's all that's necessary for human resiliency and thriving in your group. And, and I really want you to have this vision because people will give up because the, the, the um, human resiliency as an ongoing action takes endurance. But people give up because it takes endurance. It's not a... A guy recently came in, he, has, he feels great remorse over his daughter who killed herself and other problems. He feels, like it, or, or he feels like he made some choices that were part of that. He can't forgive himself. And, I, and he, said, he said, I'm looking for, he said, I'll be honest, I'm looking for a silver bullet. I'm looking for a magic pill. Greg hears that every day. And I said, I've got a silver bullet for you. I said, but it's a really slow-moving bullet. You know, it takes endurance. These are the things you do over a long period of time. People miss it because it just seems so mundane. You tell them, hey, what's the secret? You say, well, it's walk with God and walk with people. Okay, now tell me, you know, really, what, what is it? Walk with God and walk with people. It just feels mundane, but that's it. People become disillusioned. I, I've been trained and trained and trained on this topic and other topics like it for 22 years. I've done funerals for at least six suicides. I've talked to a number of people who attempted to take their lives and failed, still alive, and then many more people who wanted to try. And I can say with great confidence, if I could take your small group and you as a leader and I could multiply it across the nation, it would be the greatest, most effective strategy anybody come up with. There are hundreds of millions of dollars being spent on this, resiliency and suicide prevention and post-prevention and intervention. And your small group, loving God and loving people, and I, I'm, I'm, there's no hyperbole in this. I'm not exaggerating. It would be the best strategy you might come up with. And you say, well, you don't know my small group. I do. So it's really important that we as leaders, and here, here's where I'm going to conclude, we, think, we need to think rightly about ourselves and rightly about our group members. Most people think most of the time about themselves. And because of that, we miss God, we miss others, and we miss the joy that could be ours and theirs. And so the implication for our leadership is to be aware and honest when this is true about yourself. When you go into group life and, you're, and you find yourself being more concerned with not failing or looking good than love these people, then just repent. And then realize that the people who are sitting there looking at you, most of them are thinking about themselves. Either they're often some problem in their mind or they're thinking about, don't be dumb, don't be dumb, don't be dumb. Be smart, be smart, be smart. Just realize that's what's going on. And I don't care who the person is in your group. And so I say this not to judge people, but to love them and to help them. 
they're filtering everything they hear through that. So love people, gently help them see what's real so they can find joy. And I hear you hear this thinking in the, the way people talk. When you hear people say everyone, no one, always, never, others are this, they do this, but me, you hear that a lot. And so you want to gently help people think correctly to move out of themselves. But to do that, we have to do that. We have to stop making life about ourselves. We need to repent when it happens. So Sunday, you see that grumpy no face sitting over there? And go over there, move towards the grumpy no face. You see um, in your small group, there's a... In your small group, there's a... um, uh, a grumpy, cantankerous person, move towards them. Don't humor them. Don't, if they're being um, disruptive, don't tolerate it. But don't, don't, don't stay away from them. If you're, if you're a young, if you're a college-age student and you um, are intimidated by or just don't like old people like me or people, move towards us. If you're older like me and you think, those young people, they don't want anything to do with me, Move towards them. We have to set the pace in not making life about ourselves. And we have to continually repent, continually tell ourselves the truth about this. Well, one more story, and then we'll, we'll move on. There's a, in my state group, Kansas state group, there's about 15 of us. There was um, some medical people, some public health, and there was a, a VA chaplain. And this VA chaplain, I've, I've known him a long time. He's a retired Air Force chaplain, and he's a full-time VA chaplain. And he was grumpy. And um, so, we, so he was old and tired and grumpy, and we had young and passionate, fired-up people on our team. So he'd go to our state meeting, and he would say grumpy things. <laughs> like, we tried that, we tried that, and uh, that's not going to work. And so I, I, I challenged him. I pulled him aside and challenged him, and I said... I won't tell you his name, but I said, Chaplain, I said, I said, you know, you, you're, you're pouring water on the fire. I said, I understand what you're saying. I don't, I don't even disagree with a lot of it. But trying something's better than trying nothing. And, and these people are trying something. And, um, and I said, we need you, but we don't need you to be grumpy. You know, we need your experience, but we don't need you to be grumpy. So... Uh, the next day, I saw him. He was really trying. <laughs> he was over there just, and then he 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 said a really he said some really positive, helpful things that came from years of wisdom, but it was without the grumpiness and the and the pessimism. And the young folks around him learned from him. They learned from. Him. And I told him. He said. I, he asked. He said. Terry, I just don't know if I have the energy for this. And, and I said, I don't know if, and, and I said, you, rouse yourself. I said, we need you, but we don't need the grumpy you. You know, we need the wise you. And so I said it before, I'll say it again. They're, the young people in our church, I hope, are full of fire. The old people are full of wisdom, and we need each other. But we can't let our, our propensity to make life about ourselves keep us from one another. And there's people in your group, and, and the people in your group, God's put them there in all of their annoying differences. And you can't let your, your tendency to make life about yourself keep you from them. Move towards them. So, um, 
That's what stood out to me, two and a half days of listening folks talk, was our small groups would be the best strategy in the world for despair. And I, and I, I would love for you to catch that vision for yourself.